Good morning, church. How is everyone? Are we awake? We still have the, the Thanksgiving hangover. Uh, Thanksgiving is, is my favorite holiday. I love to eat. And uh, man, Thanksgiving, I hope your Thanksgiving was amazing. We do, uh, Pastor Josh is right, we have so much to be thankful for, uh, especially here in uh, America. Man, we are a blessed people and a blessed uh, country. And uh, we do have uh, a Savior to be thankful for. Christmas is coming up. And at, at LifePoint, we have a lot of great things coming up for Christmas. And so make sure you're plugged in. If you have your Bibles, let's open them up to uh, 2 Samuel chapter 9. Uh, my prayer today is that I articulate this message that God's been speaking to me. Uh, I would uh, encourage you to to uh, press in this morning and, and lean in. And, uh, and I, you know, God's word is always good. Uh, so uh, 2 Samuel chapter 9, we're going to be in the Old Testament. We're going to be talking about David and, uh, and Mephibosheth. That's a name for you. Mephibosheth. You know, I practice this name and it still gives me a hard time. So uh, bear with me. But David, is, I love the, the narrative of David. David is a great king and he, uh, he it's the, one of the greatest stories in, in the Bible besides uh, Christ. And uh, I think he's actually a very uh, foreshadowing Christ. Uh, everything in the, in the Bible really points to Christ. But the narrative of David, he's a young man that starts off in very meager beginnings. He has great success and great failures and then God restores him. And, and so here at this point in David's life, he, he has rose to be king. Uh, God anointed him king at the age of 15, and then uh, he went through, it took him 15 years. Can, I, can, we, can we just stay here for just a second? It took him 15 years. God anointed him king. I love the story. God anointed him king at 15 years old. It took him until he was 30 to, to actualize and realize that anointing. He carried around this anointing of king, and, and man, he, he went through, through it all. I'm telling you, God has called you to something. God has called you and, and given you anointing, and it might not happen tomorrow, but if we're faithful, man, if we're faithful, if we're faithful, if we're faithful in what God has called us to do, man, it, it's going to come to pass. I believe that God it will, will always, he's always faithful. That's, that's free. That's, I'm not even preaching that today. But uh, 2 Samuel chapter 9, we're, we're talking about David and Mephibosheth. Uh, David asked, in verse 1, it says this, David asked, is there anyone still left in the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness uh, for Jonathan's sake? Jonathan was Saul's son, and, and David and, and Jonathan had this relationship. David loved Jonathan uh, and respected Saul, even though Saul mistreated David and actually tried to kill him. Man, uh, that's a whole different sermon there, too. Now, there was a servant of Saul's household's uh, named Ziba. He summoned him to appear before David. The king said to him, Are you Ziba? At your service, he replied. The king asked, Is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness to? Ziba answered the king, or Ziba answered the king, There is still the son of Jonathan. He is both, he is lame in both feet. He is lame in both feet. Basically, he, he, he's crippled. He, he, he was dropped if we, if we, Rewind a couple of chapters, we see Mephibosheth uh, was, was dropped as a kid, and, and it broke his feet, and it broke his legs, and uh, back then they didn't have the medical uh, 
things that we do today, and, and they healed wrong, and, and so he's essentially crippled, and he, he's, he can't use his feet, he can't walk right, he, he's, he's lame in both feet. And then David asked, where is he? Ziba, Ziba answered, he is at the house of Makar, son of Emmanuel, uh, in Lodabar. So the king... So, the, so King David had him brought from Lodabar, from the house of Makar, son of Amal, when Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honor. David said, Mephibosheth, at your service, he replied. Don't be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather Saul, and you will always eat at my table. If you highlight or underline, highlight that. You will always eat at my table. Mephibosheth bowed down and said, What is your servant? Come on, man. What is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Then the king summoned Ziba, Saul's, Saul's steward, and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are, are to farm the land for him because uh, Mephibosheth is lame in both feet. He, he can't do these things for him. He's crippled. And he's saying, look, you're going to do this for him. And he will always, always... And in the last part of verse 10, he says, you will always eat at my table. Man, let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you, Father. God, I pray right now that you would open our hearts, God, to receive your, your revelation of just how much you do love us, Father God. And no matter how broken we are, Father God, I pray that you would speak to us, that you would challenge and change us today, Father God. In your holy name we pray. We all said, amen, amen. I love Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's always been a, a special time for me. It's a, it's a time that uh, I see my family, my cousins and aunts and uncles. And um, as a kid, I always enjoy Thanksgiving. We, you know, it, it's cooler outside, thank God. The heat is gone, but it's not so cold. Your snot's freezing to your upper lip, right? Amen. Because I, I like, like, I don't like the cold. Like, I just can't handle the cold. But I, I would rather, and a lot of people aren't like this, but I'd rather be hot than, than, than cold. A lot of people are like, no, you can, there's only so much clothes you can take off. I'm like, but I don't know. I just, I can't handle, like, the coldness. I hate the cold. But I love just a cool fall in Georgia right now. It's beautiful outside. Amen. The trees are, are changing and football's on. And, uh, man, we, we go out. We, we all come together. And, and my grandma, uh, I love her. She's my favorite person in the world. Uh, I, I adore my grandma. And uh, I'll do anything for her. She's the matriarch of the family, so we all kind of come together around her, and it's always been this way. And as a kid, uh, we would get together, and there was two tables. There was one for the adults and the one for the kids. And when I was a kid, we always have to, you know, sit at the, the small table uh, for the kids, you know, and, and uh, we're kind of off to the side because we're, we're kids and we're loud and we make messes and, and, and the, the adults are over here at the adult table, right? 
and, they, and all the adults are surrounded, and, and, and they eat together, and, but the kids are over here, and, and we're being loud, and we're, we're probably playing with our food. And um, As a kid, I always wanted to eat at the adult table. I was like, man, I want to go over there. Mainly because that's where all the fried cornbread was, They're, you know, because they don't put they don't put food at the at the kids table in the middle, but at, at the adult table, that's where all the food was. And and little Brad was like, man, I want to be near the, I want some more fried cornbread, I want some some turkey, I want to be over there at the uh, adult table. And even today, uh, even today, when we get together, we got together uh, Thursday uh, at one o'clock at my sister's house, and when we we my grandma's still around. She's, she'll be 86 this year. She's, she's amazing. And uh, look, I, I praise God for a praying grandma because I would not be here today without a praying grandma and, and an amazing grandfather to look up to that, that every Saturday night would prepare his, his Sunday school lessons and all that. But anyways, uh, even today, we, we, have, we have a kid's table. And, and, and as I grew up, I, look, I didn't graduate from the kid's table until, like, I had kids. Like, I was, like, 20-something. Like, I had a beard, and I was still at the kid's table. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, and so my, my oldest kid's 14 now, and, and, uh, and our kids are, are, are growing up, and, and, and they're at the kid's table. I want to talk to you today about tables. Because in the Bible, tables are, are very significant. And, and we see this throughout the Bible. This is probably why I like the Bible, because they talk about eating a lot. I just love food. I don't know about you guys, but I love food. And maybe it's because I didn't eat breakfast this morning, but man, I'm ready to eat today, so I'm going to keep it short. Amen. And uh, so, look, uh, tables are a very significant part of the Bible that, that it, it, it symbolizes a, 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 a sense of position, and especially at the king's table. You were at the king's table unless you held, held a position, unless you, you had some authority, unless you, you were part of, of the inner circle. See, at tables, we, we have... It, Tables are an intimate setting. When I go on a date with my wife, we like to go uh, to dinner because that's our thing. And we like to go to Maggiano's, amen, and, uh, and get the lobster carbonara because it's amazing. And, and uh, glory, Lord. Somebody just bring some rolls. We just need it. Let's just do communion real quick. I feel communion coming on. I know, but um, look, we, we sit at a table because it's, it's a sense of, intimacy it's, it's it's a place where we communicate I, we don't we don't go and sit at other people's tables we have our own table because that's our table and i i don't and if i'm on a date i don't want you at my table because it's my table I, i'm sitting with my wife uh, we went to one time uh this place called hd1 it was uh downtown and uh it was a fancy hot dog place uh, I know you're like what, but it was like one of the best hot dogs I've had. It was a Reuben hot dog, so it was like a it was like a corned beef like hot dog, and and like don't, look, don't look at me like that. And uh, it had the the sauerkraut and the 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 Thousand Island dressing. Oh, it was so good. But uh, we went once, and we never went back because the tables they were weird. Like you walk into this place, and it's not even around anymore, probably because of the tables weren't good. And um, so you go in there, you order your food, and you go through, and then you pick it up the, at the end of the line, and, and then you turn around, and they don't have just like tables, it's like community seating, so you kind of like, 
you know, it's weird, and then you kind of, like, got to, like, sit next to, like, someone you don't know, and then, like, and I'm, I'm trying to eat my food and talk to my wife, so it'd be like, I'm, I'm like, sitting down to, like, you never, it's probably an Auburn fan that sitting next to you talking about <laughs> Auburn football, and, uh, you know, but it's just weird sitting down to, like, somebody you don't know, it's just like, you know, You know, it's just weird, like, because, like, when we sit at a table and, and at your dinner table, it's an intimate setting. It's, it's a place where you build a relationship. And, and so, Meshibotheth, 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 I'm not going to ruin it. Let's, let's, let's retry this. Take two. Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth, I always ruin it, dude. That's all right. We're going to get through this. Um, it's a great story. But there's nothing that he could have done to earn his spot at David's table. It's a beautiful, the story's a beautiful picture of really the relationship we have with Christ. Because we see this, this, this guy that is, that is broken and lame in both feet. He can't do anything for himself. And, and, and yet David says, you will always eat at my table. And David's table, the king's table, was reserved for the, the head of the army. Men that, that served and, and, and added to and had great position that held authority. But yet in, in all of Mephibosheth's brokenness, he found himself at David's table. There was nothing that, that he could have done to earn his spot at the table because he was broken. There's nothing that he could have done to, to earn his way into the palace because he was broken in both feet. He was a broken person. There was nothing that he could do. It was only by the grace that David showed him that, that he was at that table. Come on now. We, I, I see myself in, in, in Mephibosheth's uh, place because I don't know about you, I'm a broken person. And, and there's nothing that I can do. There's not any way I can be good enough. There's, no, no, uh, there's not enough people I can tell to about Jesus' love. There's not enough works I can do to find myself at God's table. It's only by the grace uh, of God that, that he accepts us and he puts us in a position at his table. See, tables are, are, are a place of intimacy and relationship. I don't know about you, when, we, when I sit down, at, and it's a lost art in America. Come on now, the family table. We need to sit down at the family table some more, man. We need, and this is just extras, but as a family, man, we need to learn to sit down and just stop. We, and I praise God, we... we we're a busy family, but some, and we don't do it every night, but we sit down as a family, eat dinner, and because and, and, it's a, a place that we, we communicate. It's a place where we, we build relationship. It's a place where we laugh and enjoy each other's presence. See, Mephibosheth, he, he found himself at David's table, and it wasn't because of anything he did. He was just lame and broken, and yet David found him and, and, and put him and said, you will always eat at my table. The king's table is a place of, of provision. See, the king's table is a place of provision. See, the king's table always had food. It was always provided for. Not everyone was at the table. But because of David's grace, 
point are you getting this, mor- this morning? Because of David's grace, Mephibosheth found himself in a place of position, a place of honor, a place of, of provision. I don't know about you, but I see myself in Mephibosheth's place. I see myself in, in him sometimes because I was broken. I'm still lame. If you just ask my youth group and uh, <laughs> or my kids, uh, I try to be cool, but I'm, I'm essentially lame. But um, that's how you know you're getting older. Is like your kids are like, "Dad, you're lame," and I'm like, "I'm sorry." Um, I have a pair. <laughs> this is just this is just a story. I'm sorry. I have a pair of cut off blue jeans. Right, I've had them since uh, about '98, and um, they were actually jeans back then. And um, as I've grown older, um, and, and look, I can still fit in them. They're a little tight. They're a lot tighter than what they used to be. And um, but they're cut off blue jeans, and I call them my dad shorts. My kids hate them. My kids hate them, and they're embarrassed by them. But anytime I go meet a new parent or drop them off at a, a another friend's house, I always make sure I put on my dad shorts. And, and uh, I put on a shirt. It's not a wife beater, so I'm not quite that bad. But they're like, Dad, not the dad shorts. I'm like, what? This is awesome. This is a test of your kid's friendship. Uh, <laughs> that was had no spiritual value. But... Um, but look, man, I don't even know where I was going with that. But look, we are lame. That's it. We're lame and broken. I can see myself in Mephibosheth's place. And, and I bet you can too because I, I know that I'm not the only one that have, has been broken. See, it wasn't Mephibosheth's uh, uh he didn't do anything to be broken. He didn't ask to be dropped. It was something that happened in his past. And I can tell you that today, you might have something in your past that, that still hurts. Can I tell you that you might have something, and maybe it was the church that hurt you back in, in, in the day. Maybe it was a, a, a mom, a dad, a situation in, in a family. And, and you find yourself today broken and hurt, and, and, and you're, you're, you find yourself and you can identify with Mephibosheth. See, Mephibosheth, if we, he, when David said, look, I, I want to put you in, in, in a place, I want to promote you and put you in a place at my table, what did he say? He said, how do you recognize a dead dog like me? He's essentially saying, I don't deserve this. I don't, I, I, I'm lame. I'm broken. I've been outcasted from society. I live in Lodabar, which is a place of, of, of outcasts from, from the, the people that didn't belong and, and people that were pushed to the side, maybe you feel that today. You're like, look, I, I feel broken. I, I don't, I don't belong. I, I don't have a, I don't deserve a spot at the king's table. Can I tell you that today, because of God's grace, you deserve. And God is not that we deserve, but God has put us in a place because of His grace. Come on, oh man, I feel I feel God's anointed on this today because I know that I don't deserve God's grace. I know that in my past I have been broken. I look today, I'm still broken. I'm still dealing with things. I still look into my past and say, look, I, I never deserve God's grace. I've blown it since I I, I got saved when I was 16, and, I, and and since then I've blown it. But God's grace, He said, He said. A dead dog like me. Look, God loves you. 
We don't deserve God's grace. We've blown it. You've probably blown it recently. I don't know. Maybe you're dealing with something. Maybe there's hurts in your life. And you're just like, I don't, I don't deserve to be at God's table. I don't deserve to be at a position. Why do you take, why do you, maybe you don't even feel like God's taking notice of you. But can I tell you that God has taken notice of you? And Luke, Luke, the apostle Luke, he, disciple, he's, he writes um, the story about Jesus. And Jesus is going, calling his disciples. He's calling people to follow him. And, and he, calls, he begins to call tax collectors. And see, tax collectors back then were, were hated by, by the Jewish community. They were... They were despised, and yet Jesus was calling them to follow him. And he, he called, he, he didn't call just Luke the doctor. See, Luke was a very uh, well-educated doctor. He was, he was, he was very well-to-do. He was a person of position and power, but Jesus didn't just call him. He called fishermen. He called fishermen that were just on the bank doing their thing. These are low-class, probably uneducated people just fishing. He called them. He called the tax collector, Matthew. He said, come follow me. And for Jesus, the rabbi, to call them, it meant something. See, Jesus isn't just looking for the great, the elect. He's not looking for people that have it all put together. What did Isaiah say? Isaiah's in the temple and he's praying and, 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 and he has this vision of God. The, the temple shakes and, and it fills with God's presence. And, and, and Isaiah says, I am a man of unclean lips, but here am I. Use me. God's calling to, to Isaiah in the temple. He said, who will go for me? And, and Isaiah says, look, I don't have it all together, God, but I'll go. God's not calling people that have it all together. He's not calling the people that, that aren't hurt. See, in, in Luke 5, it says that, then Levi had a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and large crowds of tax collectors and others were eating with him. Well, that's why I love Jesus. He's always eating. He's a man after my heart. Uh, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belong to the sect complained to his disciples. Check this out. You eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners. And then check this out. Jesus said, I love Jesus. He said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not called to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. See, the reason why the Pharisees were so up in arms about this is because Jesus, when somebody sits down with you and eats with you and and breaks bread and communes with you, see, tables are a a place of intimate and relationship. See, Jesus sat down at a table with the the rejected, the the low class, the, the sinners, if you will. He sat down and ate with them. And see, the Pharisees took that, and it was a symbolic, it was symbolic for for Jesus giving approval to them. See, as a as a Pharisee, as a rabbi, see, Jesus was a rabbi. He he wasn't supposed to sit down and eat with these people because these are the bad people. These are the the, the rejected. We don't we don't associate with them. 
Come on now. But Jesus said, I have called, I have not come for the righteous, but the unrighteous. He is, he is, God uh, wants you at his table. Can I tell you, you have a spot at the king's table. I don't care how broken you are. I don't care what you've done in your past. I don't care how bad you've blown it. You have a spot at the king's table. And I'm not talking about an earthly king. I'm talking about the king of kings. I'm talking about Jesus, the one who, who overcame death, hell, and the grave. I'm talking about the king's table. I'm talking about the, the table in heaven. I, I, I'm talking about I, I, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. Jesus has a spot for you, and he has called you. He has purposed you for a reason today. Come on. God. Man. Jesus came to liberate. Jesus came to liberate people. And as the band comes, I want you guys to, to be uh, just thinking about this. Man, Jesus has come to liberate. See, God wants an intimate relationship with you. Despite your flaws, despite your past mistakes, Despite your brokenness, God has called you. Think about the Last Supper. When I was praying about this, I was thinking, you know, thinking about Thanksgiving and, and, and tables and how we sit at tables. We sit at so many tables, but Jesus had a table. He, at the Last Supper, they, and I began to think about the people that were at his table at the Last Supper began to think about how his disciples and he had, he was sitting at the table with, with his disciples. Let's think about Thomas. Thomas, the one that is known for doubt. Have you ever doubted in your life? Have you ever wrestled with doubt? Maybe it's doubt in your faith. Look, and in the church, we, 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 we talk about, and Sometimes I feel like we, we look down on people that struggle with doubt. Maybe you struggle with doubt in your faith. Come on, you got a spot at his table. Doubting Thomas was there. Come on, if we, I, I've doubted. Come on, I, I'm holding a mic and I'm preaching the word of God, but I've doubted. I've struggled with that in my life. Let's be honest. I think, I think if, you, if you're not honest about struggling with doubt at some point in your faith, some point in your walk with God, I, I, I think you kid yourself. I believe that we can be honest about our doubt and, and, and uh, questioning things. And, and if we're honest and we, we go to a good spot with it, I believe it can strengthen your faith. Uh, I, I believe that, that your doubt, I, come on, I just feel anointed on this. If you're doubting your faith. Maybe you're, you're struggling with your faith right now. You're, you're walking through things and you're just like, I don't even know if this is real. I, I, I'm a Christian. My, my parents, my, my wife, my husband uh, think, think of me as being the strong man of faith, woman of faith, but I've been doubting. Come on. You, Thomas doubted. Come on, God. If we're, if we're just honest about it, God has a spot at his table for you. God will come and, and reassure you. I, I've walked through it. My wife has walked through it man we we've 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 walked through doubt before but we were honest about it we we had an honest conversation about it and we came through at the other end stronger for it come on if you're doubting don't let the enemy whisper to you that that you're less than or or 
or heap condemnation on you. Come on, Jesus came to liberate. Jesus came to 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 reassure and put you at a spot at at his table. Who else was there? Peter. Peter, he was he was a high head. He, he ran off of the mouth. He didn't ever have a filter. He just thought it and said it, right? <laughs> That's what I do sometimes. I, I just say things, and I'm like, well, maybe I shouldn't have said that. But uh, Man, Peter. Peter denied Christ three times. It says that one, one, one gospel account, it says that, that Peter, he was there like he he was so close to jesus he could see jesus being beat and 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 made fun of and all this stuff and it says that he he denied him the third time and jesus looked at him i think it's the the account of of john this is that that their eyes met and then peter ran off and and sobbed he was at he was at jesus table man he denied christ Come on, Judas was there. Judas, dude, sold Jesus out. Look, he he was at the he was at Jesus's table, and he sold him out, and Jesus knew it. Jesus even said, "One of you guys are gonna betray me." This guy, you know, he's like, "One of you guys is gonna betray me." <laughs> Judas, <laughs> you know, like. He knew it. He didn't, he didn't say, okay, everyone's invited except you, Judas, because you're going to betray me. I don't like you. Get out. No, he knew it, and he was still at Jesus' table breaking bread with Jesus. Can I tell you that your sin, whatever you've done, has, has not disqualified you. God's grace is here. God's grace is for you today. Come on, he has a spot. At his table, he has called the misfits. It says, "Whomever shall call, whomever, man, that that whomever, that's that's everyone. That's whoever, whomever calls on the name of Jesus, whomever believes. That doesn't say whomever, and then and then small print those who have all their crap together. No, it's whomever. It doesn't matter where you are in life. It doesn't matter how many figures you have in your account. It doesn't matter if you have a, a minus sign in, in, in your bank account. Come on now. It doesn't matter if, how big, if, if you're an adulterer, if you've cheated, it, it, whatever you've done, Jesus' grace is bigger. Can I tell you that God's grace is bigger? So how do we have this intimate relationship? That's the big question. Yes, God is, has called us. He wants to be have this intimate relationship with us. He wants us at his table. We've, uh, we've established that. He has, he has accepted us if, if, if we if we just come. The Bible says, if we draw near to him, he'll draw near to us. So how do we, see, back then it was about proximity. If you, you had to be at the table to have a relationship. It was, it was about proximity, but, but because of the cross, because of the cross, it, it's kind of taken that out of the equation. How do we have an a intimate relationship with a Jesus that, that is no longer, we can't physically sit down with them at a table, right? We can't physically go to the upper room and 
break bread with them. We can't physically go to the king of kings table. So what does that even mean? Because in the church, a lot of times we like to talk about these, these grand ideas and, uh, and theology, but like, how does that apply to us today? Yes, I, 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 I'm a misfit. I've messed up. I'm, I'm lame, all this stuff. But how do I get to that table? How do I want that position and I want that power? How do I get there? I'm telling you, you get there through faith. You get there saying, Jesus, I, 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 I accept where, where I am, and God, I accept you. It says that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, Jesus Christ will be, will be saved. It says that, that if we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. See, we, we can't, in the Old Testament, they, they had this thing called the Holy of Holies. There's, there's a, a veil in the temple, and, and inside the veil is where God's uh, presence dwelled. We're laying in this plane, we're, we're closing, but stay with me. Uh, and so to be in the Holy of Holies, to be in God's presence, you actually had to physically go there. There is a, a separation, if you will, from, from God's presence and us. There is, it was separated by our sin and our, our failures and uh, our brokenness. We could not. We couldn't walk into God's presence. But I'm telling you, two thousand years ago, there was a Jesus, and there was a cross. Can I tell you that that today it says that that as he as he breathed his last breath, there was a a, a there was a a crack of thunder, and and at that time it says the veil was ripped. It said that this veil that kept us from God, that separated us from the presence of God, was ripped. And now today, we can walk into the Holy of Holies. We can, we can walk into God's presence. Man, Paul writes, he says, we, have, we, can have, uh, uh, we can approach the throne of grace. Come on, man. Let's just, everyone bow your head, close your eyes in this moment. God, we love you. We thank you, Father God. Come on, don't, don't pay attention to anyone around you. This is between you and God. God has called you. God has called you. He has called me. He has called you. It doesn't matter if you're, if you're broken. Maybe you're looking at your life and you're saying, I don't deserve it. Maybe you're looking at your life and you're saying, I'm broken. I keep messing up. Maybe you're stuck in the cycle of, of sin where you've, you, you've messed up and you, you felt bad and you repented and you said, I'm never going to do it again. Just to find yourself a month, a week, days going back to that same sin. And it's this pattern that, that just keeps going over and over and over. And you're, and you're, 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 you're sick and you're, you're, you're sick at yourself. You keep getting mad at yourself. 
Can I tell you that today God has come to liberate those who are oppressed. He has come to liberate those who who are broken and lame in both feet. The ones that don't have it together. Jesus is here to liberate. His grace is here to set you at the spot at his table. God's grace is here for you. He's, he's He's beckoning us. He's calling us. To come, he says, if you will draw near, if you will draw near. I want to challenge you today to know first to know that God has called you and He has a spot for you, has a plan and a purpose in your life. Second, I want you to accept the grace of God. God's grace uh, teaches us to say no to ungodliness. God's grace is time and favor. God's grace covers sin and, and, and accepts us for who we are, but doesn't, uh, doesn't just leave us the same. God's grace continually works on us and sanctifies us and, and grows us and, and matures us in, in, in our faith. Thirdly, I want to challenge you to step out and just accept that grace, accept that call of God in your life, whatever that is, and just accept God's love. Man, we just need to sometimes just accept it. Come on, everyone, stand at your feet. Stand at your feet. We're just going to worship God just for a few minutes. and I'm not going to lead you in a prayer. But I want you to pray. Come on. Let's just keep this attitude of prayer. Don't lose it. So I believe that God's spirit, his, his presence is here. Come on, wherever you are, if you need to talk to God, Man, begin to talk to God right now. He's here. He's at the table. He's here to provide what you need. God, we love you and we thank you, Father God. Come on, talk to God. God, we love you and we thank you for who you are, God. You are not just some archaic figure in in the history books, but Jesus, you are the Lord and Savior. You are the King of kings. You are the plan from from the beginning to the end. God, you 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 have called us and set us apart for a reason, God. You have called us to your table, Father God. You have put us in a position uh, of, of authority, through Christ. God, I pray in the name of Jesus right now that you would just let your spirit just move. Oh, let God's spirit just touch you where you are.